Bobby Wade is back on the podcast with us. How you doing, Brother Wade? I'm doing great. It's great to be here again. Yes. You're a listener favorite, you know. Well, praise God for that. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, you are among friends and among uh, a lot of people that just really appreciate your ministry that's been so dear to us, and it's just great to uh, uh, do a recording with you. I heard you speaking uh, the other day about you know, conferences are good, worship services are good, all of our gatherings are good, but you feel that there is a area of focus that we need to be doing, and that is equipping the saints. And that, in context, is fivefold ministry, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, fivefold ministry is a big topic right now. It's, I mean, it's nothing new, but it's something we are taking a, a look at again and wanting to get going. And and uh, how do you feel we need to be equipping the saints? Well, I feel like, uh, first of all, thank you for having me on. I'm just so honored to be here um, with you doing this podcast, but also being here with the Life Church. And so we're thankful for what God is yeah. doing in and through the Life Church and um, just a marvelous, uh, wonderful apostolic house. And thank so you. thank the Lord. And uh, great leadership, um, of course, uh, your father is a great man, uh, Bishop Gleason, and uh, now you're pastoring, and so this is awesome. Thank you. And uh, you're doing a great job. Thank you very the much. The Lord's pleased with that. Thank you. Um, I believe that we're in a time where emotion is and just being emotional is not going to carry the day. Um, we've got a lot of emotion. Let's start right there, emotion. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it's not going to carry the day uh, altogether. Uh, of course, we we believe in the joy of the Lord. We believe in and shouting and and dancing and and all of those things. And I don't believe that we should be doing less of it. I think that we should be doing. Um, we certainly shouldn't be doing less. Yeah. But what do we do after? What do we do after the emotion has worn off? And what do you uh, what do you do after uh, the goosebumps are over and the lights are out? And and so to me, um, there's nothing wrong with our meetings altogether as it is, as it were at all. No. But and and they're productive and they've got they they have their place. But the other side of that is is that we're going to have to have the saints of God are going to have to be equipped to to operate in the kingdom and work with God after all of that's over. Yeah. And so they 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 need to know they need to understand that some of this some of the uh, emotions that they have picked up on they've got to have they got to be equipped to know that this didn't it came to me but it didn't come from me yeah and so they have to know they have to know how to to uh, exercise authority over demonic spirits right. They have to have they have to have an understanding on it on the word of knowledge. 
They got to be able to know how to give somebody a word in a supermarket. They got to be able to know how to, uh, and and I mean, you run down the list. But if we're going to, and I say the word if, um, not in a context of unbelief, but if in fact we're going to have this harvest of billions of souls, then it's not going to happen just in a in a building. It's gonna it's gonna come from saints that know how that have been equipped mm-hmm. and then empowered to to work with God and to walk in the Spirit Amen. daily. And for the last several years. And again, there's nothing wrong with it altogether. But we've got to know how to host divine presence outside of our buildings and to work with God and to hear from God outside of that context. The Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. Take God's love to another level in your life by giving to the ministry of this podcast. Give an offering through Cash App, PayPal, or Venmo at Justin C. Gleason. Thanks and be blessed. So let's uh, well let's do a little equipping. I think the folks would like that. Uh, let's talk about demons. You know, growing up as a kid, I heard a lot about demons, especially from missionaries. And I remember thinking, how come I don't see that here in America? You know, these people, the demons would speak out and, and challenge a preacher and and behave strangely in an inhuman way. And it was obvious that is an unclean spirit and missionaries would cast it out. And uh, I didn't see it here in America, but <laughs> this year, 2023, I've been seeing it in our altars. <laughs> and and uh, see, and that's just not a thing for a preacher to do. Anybody can do that. These signs shall follow them that believe. And uh, it's active. And since COVID, we've seen a rise in demonic activity, you know, here in the United States. So uh, what do we need to be doing? Well, the Bible says that you quoted the scripture, these signs shall follow them that believe. And the very first sign of the believer was they shall cast out devils. Mm -hmm. So Jesus said uh, that was the first sign of the believer. And when he sent out the 12 and the 70, he gave them power over unclean spirits. Mm-hmm. And I will just start with this. I think the reason why you have seated here uh, in the altar services is because the word of God confronts. Yes. And any time that the word of God goes forth and it's a rhema word uh, the the rhema will expose the word of God exposes mm-hmm. uh, all of those things uh, uh, that are hidden in the dark and the very essence of the word of God the very essence of the word of God is prophetic. Amen. So, uh, Rhema is a right now word of God. And so, Rhema 
combined with the logos, will bring all the hidden things of dishonesty to light. Right. So these things that like to hide. Uh, but we also have a, you know, we also have a generation. That I think that going back to an earlier deal that you said about we haven't seen, you know, real here in America. It's because the last 20 years or so we've had this almost this gospel of appeasement <laughs> where you don't confront sin. Ah. You make everybody feel good about it. Um, or if somebody is going through something, and I'm not being rude when I say this in no way, shape, or form, but if they're going through something, well, it's okay. They just have a mental illness or something of that nature. Sure. Which uh, is adversely against what how God operates when God's... Because God's nature in his nature is order and if it's a disorder he he seeks to bring order to it yeah well a lot of these folks that are coming into our churches they have disorder Mm -hmm. and god doesn't want them that is not god's intent for him to come in their his presence and for them to leave the same way they came in sure and so uh to to go back to what you was asking, the saints of God have to be able to discern. Yeah. They have to be able to discern. Well, you can't, well, and our own saints are feeling all kinds of things. Uh, But the mistake that they have made is that they have owned it unto themselves. They have not yet, they have not been able, they have not been equipped to know, is this coming from me or is it coming to me? And so if it's coming to me, then where is the source? Where's it at? About a year and a half ago, I was in a service at home. And this young man was um, up at the front of the church. And uh, he was saying, uh, he was up there praying. And I'm walking across the front of the church and and just the service was going on. Well, as I'm walking across the front of the church, I began to feel anger. Mm. And I said to the Lord, I said, no, Lord, uh, I feel anger, but I'm not angry. <laughs> and so, because it's very key how you say things. Sure. Because yeah. your words have power. Yeah. So it's, it's first, it's before you, we just blurt something out of our mouth, we should inquire. Well, we don't have people that inquire of the Lord. They just go off by what they feel. But if they would stop for a second and say, okay, did this? if this didn't come from me, it came to me. Mm-hmm. So Lord, where's the source? And so I said to the Lord, I feel anger, but I'm not angry. And I said, Lord, where is this coming from? And the, there was this young man at the front of the church. He was uh, he was up there speaking with tongues. He was up there praying. He was really had his hands raised in the air as high as he could get them. And the Lord said to me, "It's coming from him." Hmm. And I said, "Now, Lord, this doesn't match. 
I mean, it's not, it's, what do you mean it's coming from him? He said, yes, it's coming from him. He said, the young man is trying to get a breakthrough and he cannot. Hmm. And he is frustrated that he can't get a breakthrough. And again, I was questioning in my own self. I'm like, this guy is up here. He's speaking with tongues. He's got his hands as high as he can. He looks sincere on his face. He looks like he's got, and the Lord said to me, he is tormented of the devil. Whoa. And I said, now he didn't say he was demon possessed. He said he was tormented of the devil. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay. And he said, the young man's trying to get a breakthrough in me. He cannot get a breakthrough in me. And he said, uh, he is tormented of the devil and the door has been opened through an offense. Mm -hmm. He said, because he won't forgive. And he said, he doesn't believe that I want to give him the breakthrough. He said, but I want him to have the breakthrough. Right. But I can't violate my word. <laughs> and he's, and so I'm, I'm standing here. I'm receiving instruction of the Lord. And the Lord says, it, if you go to him and tell him that I want to deliver him, but the thing that's blocking him is offense. He said, you tell him if he'll release the offense right this minute. I will deliver mm. him right now. Yes. And I told him exactly what the Lord said. And in just a few moments, that bo that young man was completely delivered of every torment that was in his life. Hmm. But we are taught in this generation and just to go with whatever you feel. Yeah. And... Our emotions have lied to us. Right. They have deceived us. And so the enemy is like, well, if I can get you to own this, well, if I just let you have a feeling, well, then I can get you to own that. And then I can get you caught in a cycle of inadequacy and insecurity and all I'm not worthy and all of these things. And it's not the will of God. Right. But we have to, so going back to the equipping, we got to be equipped and understand these things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just just getting emotional is not going to help us. Hmm. But being equipped to know what is the discerning of spirits? Yes. What is a word of knowledge? What is a word of wisdom? And what is what is prophecy? Well, prophecy is God's intent. Mm -hmm. So what happened there with that young man was, first, I discerned. Yes. Secondly, I asked the Lord for a word of knowledge. And he gave it. Thirdly, uh, the Lord told me, uh, the Lord gave me a strategy, which is the word of wisdom. And fourthly, God gave me a word of prophecy, which was his intent for the young man. And every believer can operate in those four areas. Yes. And so we have to be equipped to operate in these on these levels, especially now more than ever. Because like you said, uh, we've got people coming in our churches that are troubled the word of God is confronting. 
The word of God is confronting the issues. The word of God is confronting the disorder. You get in the altar service and you have people that are anointed of God. The saints of God are moving in and out of the altar service. Well, they're picking up stuff, but they don't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. So they have to know what to do with it. Right. Or else they'll just drive themselves crazy thinking something's wrong with me. I know a woman, uh, and uh, I won't, you know, of course, I'm not going to mention her name or anything like that, but I know a woman that she's a good woman. But because she doesn't understand how to discern, it doesn't matter. The man of God will preach, and she will, I mean, she will, there's times that she will go into this uh, proverbial hole, as it were, this, uh, you know, She'll go into this hole emotionally, thinking that the pastor's talking to her. Hmm. And the pastor ain't preaching to her at all. But what she's done is she's taken this unto herself. Good godly woman. But she'll go through these long extended periods of time where she will where she will just be in this depression, as it were. Yeah. And and it'll take her three months to work out of that. Yeah. It's a lie from the devil. Sure is. But the poor woman hasn't been made to know that everything you feel is not yours. Right. So I I I, I don't know if that answers your question. Sure but does. That, but yeah. this is the saints of God have to be equipped. Mm-hmm. And then they have to be empowered, mm-hmm. and they have to be released to do what they what their design was from the beginning. Yes, lay hands on the sick, cast out devils, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The yeah. Justin C. Gleason podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and more. Press follow and become a loyal listener. Give a five star rating and write a great review. You can also get more content from me at the Life Church KC podcast. You're here to listen, and I'm here to talk. I think we as apostolics, we tend to think, I'm baptized, I'm Holy Ghost filled, therefore... I, I have a spiritual repellent all around me, and demons can't get near me. <laughs> and you were talking about an open door uh, through unforgiveness, offense of, of a young man up there worshiping the Lord. And um, I was in I was in my house the other day and opened the door, and a, 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 a fly came in the house. And that kind of just that just that happening there was like an illustration that. Kind of taught me, I think, exactly how unclean spirits work. They come in when a door is open. You know, they're just waiting on on the outside. They can't break in, but as soon as there's a door that unlocks, they can, you know, get a foothold, get a place. And a fence is one of those. Very quickly, very easily, the devil can torment. Yes. You know, maybe not possess, perhaps, although I'm seeing something... (laughs) And I plan on unpacking more content about this, but uh, 
I've cast demons out of people who were baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it's rocked my theology, and it's happened this year. Wow. And in years past. I don't think demons, or baptism in Jesus' name casts out demons. Although sometimes they do flee. I think it filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't know if that casts out demons, but... You know, it's it's a step in the right direction. I think demons are cast out when they're cast out. You know, and anybody who feels that in their life, I take it seriously and try to minister to them. That's all I do. You know, yeah. I believe you can get to an area in God where, you know, you're protected. You're just, you know, there's you've got the armor of God on you. Sure. But the doors are opening through people in, in churches. And why, why do you think offense is an open door for people? Men and women get offended and... The devil just playground. Well, honestly, you know, um, Jesus said, if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. There it is. And when Jesus said to Peter, he said, uh, he told in Matthew 18, I believe it is. He told that parable of the man that owed the king you know, several thousand talents and a man fell down and worshiped. And the Bible said the king, frankly, forgave him all the debt. Hmm. And then he left right out of that court and he saw his brother that owed him a hundred pence, a measly $15. Yeah. And he would not forgive that man and threw him into prison. When the king found out what he did, the Bible, the Bible said he brought that man, Jesus said he brought that man right back into his courts. And when he did, he said, you wicked servant, I forgave you, but you wouldn't forgive. And he said, now deliver him to the tormentors. Yes. Ooh. Yikes. Till he pay all that he owes. Yeah. Which... I mean, what is what would be a torment? The torment would be, one of the torments would be, he didn't say tormentor, tormentors. One of the torment would be knowing that I had all this debt forgiven. Mm-hmm. And because I wouldn't forgive, now I'm saddled with a debt I, I had been previously let go of. Mm. I mean, can you imagine the weight of that? So, uh, offense is a offense, and I think it's so egregious to God because we didn't deserve forgiveness. Yeah, we didn't deserve mercy, but He gave it anyway. We didn't deserve to be drawn, but He drew us anyway. Amen. We don't deserve to be blessed, but he blessed us anyway. And he doesn't keep a running tally of our wrongs. The minute we repent, he he removes it. Sure does. And you look at the mountains of our offenses that he should keep a running tally of. His part of his justice and 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 righteousness and all of that demands that that be that that be you know 
uh, paid for. But his blood stands up and says, I'll pay for it. Absolutely. And covers it. And I think offense is so serious to God because who are we to hold a, a, a measly $15 offense in comparison to the mountain of our offenses? Right. And, you know, Paul said, to whom you forgive anything, forgive I also. And then he says in the next part, lest Satan should gain an advantage of us, mm. for we are not ignorant of his devices. Mm-hmm. Paul recognized that offense is a device of the devil. Sure is. And I don't know, honestly, you know, there's probably several things that he was talking about in the context of that scripture, but he said, I may not want to forgive him, but if you forgive him, I'm going to forgive him. Mm-hmm. So offense is a serious thing. and We got to release every offense. Mm-hmm. It's an emotion of the devil, I think. He's always been offended. Yeah. Offended at God. That he didn't give him the power that he wanted. <laughs> yes. So, and that kind of connects to, I think, another open door uh, and a, a place for the devil. And that is selfish ambition. And you have that. You know, Lucifer was not kicked out of... It, Lucifer's first sins was not uh, fornication, adultery, uh, substance abuse, any of those things. That all came later, but his first sin or offense in heaven was he wanted to go up higher to exalt his throne <laughs> to have more power than God gave him and God cast him down you know he ca- and, and God is still casting of uh, Satan and his kingdom down like casting demons out of people so the yes. same thing that happened in heaven we're doing it here on the earth yes sir you know but selfish ambition and that's you know I, I see that from time to time and you know, people are calling it passion and, you know, great love and great this or that. Really, they're just, they're wanting the youth pastor to be taken out of position. They become youth pastor. They want to run up there and take that microphone from the soloist and they sing the soloist. Yes. Self-exaltation. Yes. So why is that an open door? Yeah. Uh, you, you see that? You see that? I do it? see yeah. that. And But here's what's crazy is that you're saying that, is that the Lord has been dealing with me lately about the word presumption. Ah, yes. So, uh, if we're not careful, we can mix up the uh, presumption and faith, and they're not the same. So, we get to thinking that just because we're anointed, that, or et cetera, et cetera, that God will just back up whatever we want to do. Mm. But... But faith is released. Faith comes by hearing. So faith is released by a word. Presumption, presumption is connected to ambition. Mm. And so I read this story about this uh, man was in a service and he was in there ministering and the the man says uh, this they came to the, the minister and they said to him would you come and pray for this lady she's got some terminal illness 
And on the way there, the Lord said to him, you can pray for her all you want to, but I'm not going to heal her. Ah. Yikes. And, of course, that's perplexing. We're like, the woman's sick. You shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And, I, of course, you and I both believe in those things and we we practice those things and and we're going to continue to practice those things but later on he inquired of the lord he inquired of the lord mm-hmm. and he said to the lord lord what is going on here why why did, why would you say that to me and my brother he said the lord said to him i gave her an opportunity to be healed weeks ago and she did not take it and she assumed that there would be another time hmm but there there is not oh my god there is not and so we cannot be presumptuous uh, out of and and just assume that God's going to do something. Yeah. We must operate by faith. Once you have a word God's going to do something, well, then you can march right into it and say, I know for a fact God's going to do this. Hmm. And I, I don't second guess it one minute. Hmm. And so ambition And doing something out of ambition or just out of desire is not going to be enough. Mm -mm. We have to. And I know there's extreme cases. People do stupid stuff, you know, to, you know, because they're ambitious and they're trying to, you know. uh, I don't know if most people operate that way. I don't believe they do. I think they have a pure desire. But we have to be careful. Is this a faith? Or have we heard from God? And if we have, let's go for it. Right. If Peter would have got out of that boat on presumption. Yikes. Now, somebody else going to have to step up and preach on the day of Pentecost. (laughs) Yes. But because he heard a word, he stepped out on faith. Mm-hmm. And you can step out on faith, and Peter stepped out on faith and began to sink. Didn't say he sank. He began to sink. Began to sink. You can get out there in faith, and it seems like you're over your head, and it looks like you're going to sink. But the minute you say, Lord, help me, you're coming out of it. <laughs> yeah. Because you stepped out on a word from God. Mm-hmm. So. Bro, that's good stuff. Yeah. That's equipping the saints content right equipping there. Equipping the saints. Yeah. Yeah, and they, I, th- I think people are hungry for word like this. Okay, so we've talked about the devil. A common ways the devil gets a place in our lives is through offense, unforgiveness, uh, presumption, uh, selfish ambition things like that i probably just rocked 
I'm going to go some people's theology that you can be baptized in Holy Ghost filled and still have a demon. But uh, let's go into something that I know you've been thinking about talking about, and that is um, the legal aspects of the spirit world. You know, um, for instance, uh, there was a lady in our church. She had been baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. She was up there at the altar, and I could just, I just discerned unclean spirit. And I said, sister, would you like spiritual warfare? And she goes, yes, in desperation. So I started saying, all of you demons come up and out of her now. And she started coughing, convulsing, crawling like a cat. And they all came out of her. And it it was perplexing to me. I thought, I, she's baptized and Holy Ghost filled. And that's when these questions came to me from the Spirit. Does baptism cast them out? Does Holy Ghost cast them out? No, they're cast out when they're cast out. And whatever that was, it was in her illegally. It was squatting in her soul, and it had no business being in her soul. And um, so you said something the other day that I really liked about binding and loosing. Is that spiritual warfare language or legal language? <laughs> uh, it's actually legal. It's legal. It's legal. So, yeah, let's, let's go into that. The legal aspects of what we have as apostolics, what we can do legally against the kingdom of darkness. Well... Uh, you f- we first have to understand the power of the new birth. Yeah. The power of the new birth. If you don't understand what the new birth gives you access to, then you will take and you will think it's just some ritual. Um, now, we think that none of this is connected, but it's connected very intricately, I might add. Mm-hmm. So, now what does Jesus say in the book of Luke? When the 70 come back to him, they said to him, Lord, uh, the devils are subject to us through your name. And he's like, oh, yes, I know that. And he says, I know that because when you used my name, I saw the devil fall like lightning. I know that, but to but to Jesus, it was a foregone conclusion that the devils were subject. Mm-hmm. You used my name. You had legal right to use my name. I gave you power over unclean spirits. So he says, but don't rejoice over that. Rather rejoice that your names are written. This is amazing because we gloss over that. But, my brother, what we don't know is, or what we have not yet grasped, is that once, when he said your name is written, he's saying you are in a registry, and you are written, and you're registered, and you're recognized Ah. to operate in another court. So, when you are born again of water and spirit, because baptism is an act of warfare. Hmm. Baptism is an act of warfare because somebody said, well, how, how is that possible? Well, because it takes you out of one kingdom and it puts you into another. Yes. This is why all these people start saying, well, I never had these issues until I got in the church. I never had these issues until I got into the kingdom. I never got attacked like I'm being attacked until I got baptized and I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Mm. 
Why is that? That's because they entered into another kingdom. They transferred kingdoms. Yes. And they transferred, they, they are now operating in an opposing kingdom. So, so when, that new birth is not just a ritual. It's not going down in water in the name of Jesus. It's not going down dry and coming up wet. And so it puts you into a body. Right. That is a judicial body. And I can prove it to you. Yeah. In Isaiah chapter 56, he says, he says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. The word prayer has two meanings there in that passage. Number one, it is intercession. But number two, number two, it is the word judgment. Mm-hmm. So the Lord is saying in that passage, my house shall be called a house of judgment that can release judgment. Mm-hmm. And that's powerful in itself. Now, we don't like the word judgment. We don't like the word judgment because it's been perverted and twisted. Sure. We don't like that. But, my brother, it's not just a house that can release judgment. It's a house that can withhold judgment. Ah. And so, the we have to understand that we operate as a, a judicial body that is written and recognized. Yes. And so binding and loosing are legal terms. I, I am appreciative of all these things that people talk about concerning I'm going to take something. That's that that's nice, but that has that ha, to take something that you've not been given the right to. It's called stealing. Yeah. Mm. However, because you operate as a judicial body and you're a part of a judicial body and you get a rendering from another court, there's no backlash because now you're not taking, you're possessing. So if I come up to your house and I try to kick your door in, uh, you have a mechanism on the other side of that door that is a persuader on why I chose the wrong door. Mm. But if I have a key, mm. if I have a key, I can put the key in the door. There's no repercussions. There's no, there's no fight back because I have legal right to go in there. Yeah. And so Jesus says to Peter, I give you the keys. So whatever you bind, you can go in legally. Whatever you bind, I'll bind. <laughs> whatever you loose, I loose. And this is another side of warfare. Yeah. It's another side of warfare. So, and Jesus then says, the gates of hell shall not prevail. But, He's standing right there 
He's standing right there, uh, according to some scholars, um, at the place that they called the gates of hell. The gates of hell shall not prevail. Yeah. And he's, because in those days, judgments were handed down at the gates. Mm-hmm. And the gates, the, the judgments have been handed down. And so you have, you and I have legal access to go in. We have legal right and we have legal access to bind and heaven recognizes it when we bind. Yes. And, and we can loose because, and heaven will recognize it and get behind what we loose. Mm -hmm. Now, it's very important to remember that in Revelation chapter two, uh, Jesus says, I've got to the church of Ephesus, I believe it was. He said, I got somewhat against you because you left your first love. Right. And he said, if you don't repent and do your first works over, what did he say? He said, I will remove your candlestick from its place. What he's saying there, my brother, is that you will no, you will no longer be recognized by this court. Yeah. Mm. He said, "He said you'll continue to function as an as an alleged church on the earth, but when you bind, I won't bind. When you loose, I won't loose. You'll no longer be recognized." Mm. Yikes! Yeah, and so we operate. We operate as judges. Mm-hmm. We operate in participation with a judicial body. Come boldly before the throne. Mm-hmm. Paul didn't say this is where we're going. He said this is where we already occupy. Ah. Yes. And in that court is an innumerable company of angels. Right. The the blood of Jesus operates in that court. Does. And so, when you, as an officer of that court, so the enemy has no right to hold anybody unless he has legal evidence. Yeah. The Bible calls him the prosecuting attorney. Mm-hmm. You can't prosecute without evidence. So, somebody's got to get the case overturned. Mm-hmm. You came upon an individual that was bound. Something in her life gave him legal access to prosecute. Mm. We don't talk about these things, but it's, it's there in the Word of God. So, get rid of your judgment-free zone and watch all the demons leave. <laughs> Yes. Well, yeah, this no, no, stop judging. Don't judge. It's demonic. It is. Because the Bible said we're going to judge angels. We sure will. Yeah. Man. Yeah, we need to be equipped. Yes, we do need to be equipped. You can literally go into that court and get and get a judgment rendered and to get a prosecution overturned 
Mm-hmm. I had a, and I'll just mention this briefly. I had a, a friend of mine, a pastor friend of mine, text me. His son, his son said, said to him, I don't want nothing else to do with you. I'm done with the family. I'm done with church. Hmm. I mean, you can imagine as a father, that's heartbreaking. You raised your child in the house of God. When he texted that to me, the Lord said to me instantly, said, tell him to bring that boy before my courts. Hmm. Every prophecy that has ever gone over your life is written in that court. Sure is. It is. So when the devil comes to you or and says to you, you're going to fail, you're going to, uh, you're going to, whatever it is, you're not going to succeed, you're not going to have no victory, you're not going to have, well, there is a recording in that court of what God has said about you. Mm-hmm. And you can recall it into the eternal from the eternal record Mm. that young man had a has a call of god on his life not had has that young man has prophetic destiny upon him Mm -hmm. the lord said bring that boy before my court Mm. the father hung the, the father hung up the phone we, we, he brought that boy before the court and got the case overturned. Wow. And within 15 minutes, that boy called his dad and said, Dad, I want you to go on a trip with me. <laughs> I'm talking about 15 minutes later. After shutting the door on the family. After the shorten, shutting the door on the family, after not coming to church, and the next service, he was there at the house of God. Mm. Because somebody took legal action. Because somebody went to the court and got the case overturned. Man, all this is real. I mean, you look at the prophet Micaiah concerning Ahab. He got a vision of the court of heaven. Yes. You know? Yeah, they're up there taking legal matters right now in the court of heaven. Precisely. When In Job 1, when the sons of God presented themselves before the Lord, that's that's that's. Going to court. Mm-hmm. Amen. And so that young man was at church the next service. And just some a few weeks later, that boy, had, even though he was in a backslidden condition, God filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, renewed him, restored him. It was, I mean, but his dad could have gone through two, three, four years of warfare mm-hmm. and wouldn't have got that done. Wow. Because the spirit world operates legally. That's right. That's right. It sure does. Well, by the way, this is excellent content and God wants to equip us. A lot of us are walking around lacking tools, lacking equipment. You know, and God wants to give us a lot of powerful things to reach this generation. Thanks for coming on. appreciate it. Oh, it's been my honor. Thank you for having me. Ready to go eat? Ready to go. Let's go eat. (laughs) 